Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of 2 Corinthians. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Sorry, I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. First and foremost, I want to thank our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> He's our favorite, right? Long time no see, by the way. <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for saving us, giving us this opportunity to gather again, Lord, and saving us. And doing for us, we can never do for ourselves. Amen. Thank you for giving us the desire to want to be with you and your people, Lord. We're just so grateful for that. I want to thank the Smithfield Avenue Congregational Church for letting us do it. I study here one body, many parts. Many parts, right? I want to thank everyone here that functions in the ministry to make this all function properly. The internet, the phone service, the people coming in, everybody who serves. We all need each other, amen, for this to function properly. If you have a cell phone, can you please silence it? And we'll start off with a word of prayer. Thank you, Lord, for another awesome opportunity, Lord, to gather as your family to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and place your name above all names, Lord, even our own, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for coming into our lives and opening our eyes and helping us to have a relationship with the Father by going to the cross, paying our sin debt in full, Lord, so we could have a wonderful relationship with you without any guilt or shame, Lord. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for all your generous provisions that you provide each and every day to meet our needs, Lord, and let us never take it for granted. I pray for this great nation, Lord, that you keep your healing hand upon it, Lord, for the sake of your believers that live here, Lord, to keep us protected under your umbrella of protection and grace, Lord. And as always, let everything we do tonight be led by your spirit and not our flesh. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, we're going to stand. Brittany and Jasmine are going to come up and sing for us and get us ready for the study. No very single dream. Thank you. 
I love that song. And there's a lot of mountains, ain't there? Yeah. Boy, we want them to move a lot. <laughs> we want them to move a lot of mountains for us, ain't it? Well, he's moving us, is what he's doing. Into a better relationship with him and with others. And trying to make peace with where we are. Amen? Like I always say, God's not changing what's going on out there. He's changing what's going on in here. Amen. So we can handle what's going on out there without bickering, complaining, and arguing. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. And it's working, right? Yep. This is the third night in a row that we've gathered. It's an awesome thing, though. I, I'll tell you, I, I, I just love coming to church now because it's, it's, I get to know God better and I get to know my brothers and sisters better. Amen. It's just... A closeness that you develop that can't be like, it's just its just different than the world's relationships, you know? There's, it's unconditional. We want to be together, you know? We don't have to be. It's just a beautiful thing when it changes our hearts. All right. How's everybody doing tonight, all right? I'm really blessed to be here, I'll tell you that. It's a, it was a nice day today. It wasn't too bad at work. It was a little better than the humidity that was... Got a little reprieve from that. God never gives us more than we can handle. Amen. We think that the, we think we can't handle it, but he, while we're we're griping, we're getting through it. You know, so you can either enjoy the trip or you can head for a rough ride, wherever you want. God's going to get us through anyway. We promised a safe landing. Amen. All right, so let's go to Matthew five. Uh, she's got uh, verse eleven and twelve over there. I see. Oh, yeah, but you know something else. We've got so many other things in that verse. That I just can't let it go. I'm sorry. I'm, she couldn't fit it on the board anyway. <laughs> There's so many blessings in this verse. Look at verse. Let's go to verse 3. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Here's, a, here's, a, here's where she started. Look at this one, though. God blesses you when people mock and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Now, how could we in our flesh call that being blessed when somebody's doing that to us? You see how God is so much different and our perception is different? That's actually a blessing when we're getting persecuted because actually we're acting like Jesus and it's the devil coming up against us. If you know why we're getting persecuted, it says, look what it says. Read it again. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you 
and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Wow, what a shift of, shift of perception that has to be, right? To be happy when somebody does that to you? Be very glad for a great reward in heaven awaits you. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. So, obviously, with the Bible saying, you're not going to get rewarded down here for that. Obviously, you're getting persecuted and people are lying about you and slandering you. You're not going to get rewarded for that. But it says, a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted the same way. Amen? So we have to remember, Jesus said it. Remember, if they hated you, they hated me first. So if they're hating you, that means they're seeing Jesus. That's what it is. They're seeing Christ-like character being developed in you, and they're shedding light on them, and they're hating you. That's the devil. See, the world system is controlled by the devil, and they don't even know it. But when you're living righteously and living for Christ, and somebody comes up and mocks you and calls you a Jesus freak, and like that, they're actually seeing Jesus. That's, a, that's actually a blessing. Because they're not seeing your flesh, they're seeing the Spirit. And that's why they're getting so mad. Because it's shedding light on them. So you can say, wow, I must be doing something right then. See, when, when you start to mature and grow in your face, say, wow, I'm doing something right. That's why people hate me. And you know if you're doing right or wrong, because the Bible tells us how to do it, right? We know if we're getting persecuted for doing wrong, or if we're persecuted for doing right. You're trying to help somebody do be nice to someone, and you get persecuted for it. A great reward awaits us in heaven. We're not to expect it down here, though. If you can understand that, you can keep doing the right thing, because it's the right thing to do. We just talked about it last night with the guys. You reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Those are the things that make us give up when we get lied about, persecuted, and all these things happen to us while we're walking with the Lord. We think we get mad about it, and we end up walking away. But really, we're getting blessed in that point. You see, if your perception understands the Spirit of God is working through you and shining light. Amen? All right. So you have to understand that. That's why it takes spiritual growth to understand God's ways. Amen? So just imagine if somebody comes at you and says something to you and you just say, oh, thank you. That's a compliment. That's a compliment that you're talking bad about me. <laughs> wow. Take them out to lunch. Go ahead. No, usually we take people out to lunch when they do us favors or doing something nice for us. Try taking someone out to lunch when they're hating on you. Then they're going to see Jesus. But that takes time. Right, because if it's not in your heart, don't bother doing it. You have to want to do it from your heart. It's not just an outward act. Oh, I'm going to be religious and do it anyway. No, it has to be. Oh, I want to do that. You know what? Maybe they're going to see Jesus today. There's an opportunity to get someone in the kingdom, which is the whole reason why we got saved in the first place. Then you see the glory of the Lord. Then you see the satisfaction in your life. All right, we're in Second uh, Corinthians. We're studying. We ended in chapter 9, 2 Corinthians 9, and I believe we ended in verse 7 last week. We are talking about being a giver. And like I said, it's not only monetarily given when you give in the ministry. It's your time, your talent, and your treasure. When you become part of God's ministry or His kingdom, or you're building up, this is not my ministry. This is God's ministry. You belong to God's ministry. 
the way ministries is God's ministry, and you participate in it, God called you into it, and you just operate in it. Simple as that. Whatever whatever need there is, it gets we meet it. And I'll tell you what, the people that have been here from the beginning are really growing and showing whenever there's a need, we're meeting it. We're not asking, we're not wanting, nobody's begging. It's offering. Amen? That's how we build the church, slowly. With the core people that want to just be involved, stay involved, stay planted, and get rooted. And then what? The church starts to grow as the people start to grow. See, God's not waiting. Look, you want the numbers to increase? He has, we have to grow first, and then the numbers will grow. Amen? The people that he called to the ministry grow, and then the numbers start to grow because we're able to what? Represent him properly, and then he brings the right flock. Amen? <laughs> God is good, but he's always on time, and he knows what's best for us. He knows what we need, and he will provide. This ministry's been going for quite some time, and he's provided, right? And the people that are faithful are here, and we keep on keeping on. Amen? It was a great gathering with the guys. The girls gathered. It was outside the church and fellowship with each other. It's just a beautiful thing. It's like a boy's night out when you go and read the Bible. It's like, wow, what a change. <laughs> or the girl's night out, you know, answering questions in the Bible yeah. instead of doing something crazy, you know? It's beautiful. You know, when you want to, it's just, it's like, that's a changed life. Your life is now geared towards the ministry in God's way, and that's how you change. You do what He wants you to do, not just what you want to do, and it lines up because you want to do it too now. You do what he wants. It always takes a while to, to come up out of that, though, and change into this. You know, first you do it reluctantly for a little bit. Oh, here we go. You got to do it, and then we do it. And then all of a sudden, we find out that we want to do it. Yeah. It's like this shift in our mind. Yeah. And then nobody's forcing us to do it. God's just changing our desires yeah. as we grow in grace and knowledge of him. Yeah. It's like nothing that we're doing. Yeah. It's just another day, right? The same things are going on. But our perception is changing and we want to be different places now. We want to be with the Lord's people. Amen. More than we want to be with the world's people. Or we want to be with the Lord more than we want to be with ourselves. Because yeah. Yeah. I know when I sit with myself for long enough, you know, the devil comes a-knocking yeah. real quick. The Bible tells us, make no provision for the flesh. So whenever the, the, the church door, I'm, do whenever the, I'm docking the door of the church whenever I can. Because that makes no provision for my flesh. It keeps me in the spirit. All right. Let's go to verse 6, and we're going to work our way down into this scripture. And talk about this generous gift of giving. And how much it really shows a believer's growth when they give. Look at verse 6. Remember this. The principle. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. And anybody who plants a garden knows you got to throw a lot of seeds out there for the few to take. If you want like three plants to take, you got to throw like ten seeds in there. And, and three of them end up coming, right? you got to throw a lot of seeds. <laughs> yeah, if you have a groundhog, you got to double up on them. And you got to have backup plants. <laughs> hey, you got to feed God's animals too, I guess. I don't know. God allowed it, right? Boy, he's grinding me down with that groundhog, I'll tell you. I thought people ground me down. That little <laughs> groundhog ground me down. 
<laughs> I'm starting to make peace with that little guy, though. What am I going to do? I don't have a choice, right? I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to make peace with the groundhog, then maybe he'll take off. Right? Maybe God's trying to teach me something through that. Love everything, even him, when he's eating your vegetables. Okay, Lord. I'm working on it. I ain't there yet. I could love him, but when he's not eating my leaves. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. How about you? Hey, I can come up here in the pulpit and be transparent so everybody else can just relax. Say, look, we're just real here. None of us have perfect lives. There's only one perfect one. It's Jesus. And that's why we're here to worship Him and come to Him. Take the church face off, you know, and be real. All right, look what it says. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. I say this all the time, right? Yeah. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for the Lord loves a person who gives cheerfully. And we could go back in Proverbs 22.8 to tie that scripture where he got it from. And look what it says in verse 8. And God will generously provide all you need. He says, you give generously to God, and He will generously provide all that you need. He's the one that gives it to you in the first place. He's trying to tell you, I'm the one who gave it to you. You take what you need, and you give the rest back to God. That's what He's trying to say. Okay, let's just keep going here. I'm going to um, reiterate on a few things. Now look what it says. 8, and God will generously, and look at verse 9, as the Scriptures say, well, no, no, let me read. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Amen? When you have a giving heart, he says you have leftovers all the time. To share, what do you do with the leftover? Share it with others. Ah, there you go. You don't fill the other pocket with it. You share it with others. See, greed puts, oh, I got one pocket full. Ooh, I got more? Let me fill the other one. <laughs> When a giver just fills their pocket, right? And the other, you got extra? You say, well, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it to somebody who needs it. I have all that I need, so I'm going to give the rest to somebody that needs it. The church, God, whatever. And there's no certain percentage. It's just whatever's in your heart. You know it. Oh, I got an extra, you know. There's a need, I'm going to meet it. A legitimate need. We're not talking about church mooches that come in and try to suck the... the everything out of the church for their own benefit, and they're, and they're lazy. We're not talking about stuff like that. We're talking about if there's a ministry need or somebody, you know, loses their job or something happens to somebody, we're there to help them. We're not going to go help somebody uh, fulfill their flesh, that's for sure. You have to be wise, amen? Because there's a lot of, lot of um, people that come into church and suck off the church. But really, they're sucking off the people because the people are the ones giving and the people in the church are taking it off them. That's like, that's not the right principle. Somebody that's mature doesn't want to take. They want to give. But they're always here and you've got to watch out for them. And you'll know who they are. You'll start noticing it. Now look what it says. As the scriptures say, 
they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. See it? Psalm 112, verse 9, he's quoting there. See, Paul, you know, the, the Old Testament has so much significance in the New Testament that he's quoting them scriptures all the time throughout the whole New Testament. So you can't say it's not a needed to read it. We need to read that and understand it, that it all ties together. Amen? Amen. Now look what it says in verse 10. For God is the one who provides the seeds for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. You see it? Or righteousness. Look what it says. It says it will provide an increase in your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity. Or in the Greek, righteousness in you. What does it mean? Because when you're greedy and selfish, right? There's no righteousness there. It's greed and selfishness. But when you have, when you're generous and your heart is free, right? You have righteousness in you because now you're doing things for God and not yourself anymore. And money's not important anymore to you. It doesn't matter. We all know we have to make money, but we know that when you start to, your heart starts to open up. Before it used to be tight coming out of your pocket. <laughs> then, then like you wanna, you wanna give because you want other people to get this. We don't give to her. You know, you, you give because you love God and love what He's done for you, and you want other people to have that too. Sometimes people are doing better than others in life, so they can share more generously. And some people a little hit it a little hard, and you just give what you can. Amen? It's very simple. I love giving myself to the ministry. As a matter of fact, I give all myself to the ministry. Like I said, it's not always about the money. Right now, somebody's watching on the internet. Right now, somebody might be listening to the podcast of a message that we did last week. But nonetheless, we're always working for the ministry. Like I said before, what can I, if you're not doing anything here, you can always do something. Go on Facebook, click a like, make a nice comment about the ministry. Do something with your time to what? Show your love for Christ and the ministry so other people say, oh, wow, they really like that. And just throw it out there. This way the ministry is always circulating in your mind. You have the mind of Christ and you want to catch believers while you're out there. See, when you leave here is when you catch the fish. You go fishing out there, right? A lot of you go online, right? How many people don't go on the internet? Oh, nobody raised their hand, right? Well, the Wayne Ministries is on the internet. The Facebook feed is there, and there's, there's, there's messages on there. There's likes on there. Go up there and click a like. Make a comment. That's what you can do. A very simple thing. It doesn't cost you anything but a few minutes of your time to let you know that you're still thinking about the ministry and God and how you can help out. So you don't get so self-absorbed when you leave, so to speak. The devil wants us to get self-absorbed again. See, when you get self-absorbed, you can't do anything for God. Because you're in yourself. And again, amen, fact, the devil knows. We think we do our, 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 our weekly duty by going to church, and then we absorb ourselves for the rest of the week. What we want. God says, you know what? No, you're, you're the church. Remember, I told you before, this is just a building... The church is you. You're the new temple. Whatever you do when you leave here represents God. Because this will help you. I know I know. for me, when I'm done doing a podcast or something, 
it just gives me a sense of being closer to God. Because I'm doing something for his for the benefit of him and his people, not just for me. It gives me a sense of well-being and a purpose. Instead of just wandering around, searching online, doing all crazy, stupid things with the internet, when you could be doing something healthy and rewarding. Again, yeah, that was a good amen. I never asked for it. I was gonna say, can I get an amen? You already did it. I'm so so used to asking for it. Hey, there's no reason why we can't come to Bible study and be cheerful and laugh and enjoy it. Look, you're not going to want to do something you're not enjoying. We want to enjoy having a relationship with God and each other at Bible study. Amen? Not be so tight and stiff-necked, right? Just imagine when Jesus was preaching to all them people. You think they were all... No, there are all kinds of crazy people out there. Jesus, they just listened to Him, Right? They just with themselves. She said, no, let them come. Come as you are. All right, let's keep going. Look at verse 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. See, being generous enriches the believer. This is what he's saying. In every way so that you can always be generous. See, when you give... It enriches your life, and you want to give more, and you want to be more generous because it fulfills something in you. See, when you're taking, it doesn't fulfill. You're always taking and taking and taking. But when you're giving is when you truly receive the reason why you were created. The world is selfish and self-absorbed. Me, me, me. I got to get my stuff in first. Remember the guy said, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to God, but first got to build the bonds and fill all the storehouses Right? And then I'll start to worship God. I gotta make sure my nest egg is in place first. And then, after that's all set and I'm comfortable, then I'll decide to go after God. And he said, Thou fool, your soul's required now. What you did with your life is required now. Somebody else is gonna get all that now. How's that? He called him a fool. So. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom, then all these things will be added unto you. Well, that's what I made a choice to do. And let me tell you something. All these things are added full and flowing over for me. And it's not money. It's inner joy and peace, knowing that I was created for a purpose, and I'm actually operating in it. Instead of just wandering aimlessly in the world, not scratching my head, not knowing what to do. There's always, a, every step has a purpose behind it now. To advance the kingdom of God. Instead of just fulfilling my needs, because you know when you try to fulfill your needs, it's never met. You get one thing, okay, I got it. Oh, I like that. Oh, I got that. Oh, but this is nice too. Oh, that's nice. Oh, but what about that? It gets old quick. Right? Something new gets old quick, so you want something else new. But when you're doing the work of the ministry, you're not keep taking, you're giving. You're always fulfilled. The whole, your whole um, mindset is changed. What can I do for the ministry today? You know, what? maybe I'll do an extra. If I have a little extra time, I'll say, you know what? I'll read an extra day ahead on the podcast. See, what do you do with your extra time? Is what really matters. What you're doing with your time after is what really matters to see, to get the fulfillment. If it's all about you when you leave, you'll never get any fulfillment in this. 
But if it's all about Him when you leave is when you truly are fulfilled. But it takes time to get to that point, that metamorphosis of getting rid of yourself and getting into that cocoon and coming out that butterfly for the Lord is a process. And we have to be gentle with ourselves and each other. Not all of us are ready to fly free. Some of us still like some of that stuff. And until we're ready, until we're ready to let it go, we ain't. No matter what anybody says. So we have to what? Give them the grace and the liberty to make their choices. And God gives them the grace and liberty to make them. And that's how we grow. We let the Holy Spirit do the work in them. Amen? Ever try to tell somebody what to do? How's it working? This is what you should do. This is what... No, you're trying to mold them and shape them into the way you think they should be. Instead of the way God thinks they should be, which might be totally different than the way He's molding and shaping you. Everybody's different. Ain't getting amen for that? Oh, when you just live and let live and let God do the work, it's so freeing. Now, let's, look what it says. Let's keep going here. This gets even better. You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. You see, when you give a gift to the ministry, it's all right to get thanks, but you really thank God for it because God's the one that put that seed in you to want to give it to the ministry. So you thank God because he's the one that planted that in your heart to want to give it. So if you want recognition for it, it really doesn't count for much. But when you thank God for sending the people that wanted to give, it's really God who gave him the desire to do it. Don't worry, God takes care of you. Look what it says. Look at this. Look what it says in verse 9. It says, you'll be enriched in every way in 11, so you could always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will happen from this ministry of giving. Now listen. It's saying two things happen from giving in a ministry. Ministry, giving is part of a ministry. Time, talent, and, pres and, and um, treasure. Look what it says. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem, or the God's holy people, will be met, right? The people's need will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. You see it? Because when somebody's generous, they thank God. You know when you get blessed? Thank you, Jesus. You ever say, thank you, Jesus, something happens? Yeah. So you get something or something's given to you? Thank you. I, I wasn't expecting it. Thank you, Jesus, right? You thank God for it because you know it came from his hand. Two things get met. The people who need it will thank God, and God will get thanked again from you. Two things happen. God gets the glory. You see, when you're, when, when you're mature and you give, you give the glory to God. You don't want to get recognized. I noticed a couple times when I mentioned that somebody was doing something. So I wish you didn't say that, right? Well, so I'm going to, from now on, I'm not going to say anything, okay? If they think that, they, you know, whatever. God sees, right? It says, don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. But your Father in heaven who sees everything will reward you. You know what you get rewarded with? That inner. God touches you inwardly. It gives you that peace and that joy of you giving and not expecting any kind of recognition for it. Because you want to give. That's the heart of God. 
You give because you want to give, and it's the right thing to do. Not for somebody to say, oh, 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 look what I did. <laughs> That's what the world wants. Recognition, right? They want the plaque on the wall because they built the building or donated to the school. Yeah, right. They want their name on the building, right? Well, no, God doesn't want that kind of recognition. Our recognition is in heaven. Like I said, you know your heart is right when you let somebody go and they don't wave. Thank you. And you don't get mad about it. Because if you, if you didn't get a thank you and you said, well, they could at least said thank you, that means you did it with an expectation of getting recognized for doing it. So the motive was wrong and it means nothing. But if you do it because you wanted to do it and say, you know what? I would want somebody to let me go when there's a lot of traffic. So I'm going to do it. And if they don't say anything, God sees what I just did. I'm going to get rewarded for it. Get it? That's how you know when your heart's right. You don't say, how rude, or whatever. <laughs> how rude. Or somebody in the market, you cuts in front of you. How rude. <laughs> you know, that person that you're saying how rude to, God sent there to test you yeah, right. to see if you were going to be willing enough to take the back seat for them if you say you're so mature. We all got F's, right? Flunk the test, right? But that's really God sending that person. Testing us to see where you're at. How about it work? Right? Or somebody that might be on the phone, right? Or some we we, we get people who work all the time. It's just, oh, you don't know. And it's just all these. And that's God sending them to throw the test at you. Say, can you love them? Can you love them people that are unlovable right now? Well, you say that you know me. You say that you have me. And you say you have a relationship with me. Here's your chance to show it. Or are you going to say, Hey, I don't like them people. I'm out of here. <laughs> Think about it. God send the people. God sent everything in your life. He's orchestrating. If you understand that, you say, you know what? I'm going to stick around. There's something better for me here. There's something good coming. If I just hang in there, somebody's going to get into the kingdom because of me, because of the way I acted. That's your reward. Amen? You're getting persecuted for doing righteousness. That's a process. And God's good and He's, gener he's gentle with us. Thank God, right? But that's... Well, let, me, when I tell, just let me tell you something. When you become a believer in Jesus Christ, God, everything that comes in front of you how to be, get God's permission to do it. So, if you understand that, you won't be so trying to get out of it. Can I get an amen for that? You understand it's God's handiwork trying to change you into a mature Christian. To like Jesus. To what? Keep your mouth shut. Give it to you. Where's the zipper? Where's the zipper things? I'm going to have everybody put one on. Mary had the zipper masks, right? You know what? I should get a Jesus one. Right? Thank you, Jesus. So I can keep my mouth shut. Because everybody's looking at him now. It's like a new fad. Right? Right? There's all kinds of masks. Right? I haven't seen any Jesus ones yet. Ooh, maybe that's something to think about, huh? <laughs> now, look what it's trying to say. It's just... It's just, all it's doing is being a heart of taking.
to a heart of giving, God's saying. Once you get that heart, it's when you're truly going to get fulfilled down here. When you're not always trying to meet your needs and wants. You get it? When you're meeting His needs and wants. Saying, alright, Lord, use me. And be ready. Because He's going to. He's going to count us worthy to suffer for His namesake. See, Christians don't understand the real purpose why they were saved. Not only were they saved to get into the kingdom, but they were saved to build up His army down here and bring others into the kingdom. And to suffer sometimes for His name's sake. You don't get a lot of messages like that because you won't get a big crowd. I want to feel good. You will feel good when you do what is good for God. You will feel good. You never feel good doing yourself things. It's only a temporary feel good. Then after it, you say, you know what? I was selfish. Well, there's no... When God gives a blessing, He brings no sorrows to them. Okay? He doesn't bless you. You take it, then you think, oh, I regret doing that. There's no regrets when God blesses you. Take any amen for that? Look, we all come to church. We can all play church. And then when we leave here, I want, I want, I need, I need. It's all about me, me, me. No, no, it's all about Him, Him, Him. Remember you came to Him and decided to make Him your Lord and Savior? Okay. Now, look at verse 13. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity, look, to them and to all believers. Look what it says now. Highlight this. Because you want proof? It says it right here. As a result, verse 13, of your ministry of giving and generosity, of giving of yourself, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. See, that's what proves that you're obeying what the Word of God says. Of your generosity and your giving instead of taking. That's proof. That you're being obedient to what the Word of God says. And not to what you say. Okay, Did I get any amen for that? Amen. Being obedient doesn't feel good in the flesh. Being obedient to God does not feel good. Okay? Sometimes we don't like it. I'm going to be obedient, but it's really crucifying my flesh. I don't want to be obedient. I want it my way. But this is the proof. You getting out of yourself and being generous and being a giver instead of a taker is, a, is proof that you're being obedient to the good news about Christ. What's the good news about Christ? The Bible. Salvation through the grace of God. That's the proof that you're being obedient to it. How many of us like to prove up? You want proof that you're saved? That's what proves it. You take from being a taker to a giver proves to yourself that there's something different now. It's not all about me anymore. I'm going to give, give, give. Even then it hurts. That's obedience. Because Jesus, remember, he was obedient unto death. Remember, he says, if this, if Lord, Father, if this can be taken from me, please, Lord, take this cup of suffering. If not, your will be done. It's the same thing for us. Lord, please, if I can get out of this, please get me out of it. But if it doesn't happen, your will be done. You see? Sometimes it won't happen. 
That's his will for you. So your will and his will is different. You want to be successful down here is not his will. His will is for you to be successful in his kingdom. And that's what? Getting rid of you. Oof. Imagine Jesus saying, you know what? Well, I was born to die for people that don't deserve it. And guess what? He saved you to die for people who don't deserve it. Die to yourself. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Say, they just don't know any better. I do. I know the word of God. They don't. So I'm more accountable. Ooh. Now, look what it says. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of 14, of the overflowing grace God has given to you. Listen to that. Listen to what it says in 14. Now, I'm going to explain what it's saying. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. But them being so generous and selfless, they know it was only from God's grace that they can do it. You see? That's why God gets glory. He gets, you know it takes a lot of grace for that to happen. You see it? You'll get much affection because of the overflowing grace God has given to you. They would be like, wow, look what God did to them. They made, he made a new creation out of them. Instead of being taken, they're giving everything. They can't wait to give. Ooh, 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 yeah, what can I do? Remember Horshack? Ooh, 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 Mr. Carter. Remember him? Well, you should be like this. Ooh, ooh, what can I do for you today, Lord? Not, ooh, 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 what can I do for me? Let me tell you something. When you start doing things for God, He does so much for you that you don't even need any of that stuff anymore that you think that you need. He lo you lose the desire for anything the world offers anymore. You don't want it. You just want what He wants. Simple life. A simple, peaceful life. You can't get that by taking on responsibilities and materialism. All it does is create headaches and problems. Right? You build a big bank account and finances. You're wondering when it's going to get taken or if it's going to lose money. This, it's always on your mind. But if you don't have anything to lose, it don't matter. <laughs> if you buy a beautiful... Not saying there's anything wrong with it. Don't take offense by it. But you're always looking to make sure nobody opens the door on it and dings it. <laughs> you buy a, a, a $200 jalopy... And you just do, it gets you to the same place, right? You park it anyway, and you could care less if somebody takes it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just heaps on responsibilities. And then that gets old, and the book's still there. Yes. Not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it doesn't really fulfill anything. You know what fulfills it? When you say, you know what? Point A to point B, whatever I got to use. The good Lord give it, the good Lord take it away. Sufficient for the need. What I'm saying is material things give us responsibility and misery when all the stuff, when we do His will, there's nothing. It's You're free. You're free of all that. There's no more cares about any of that stuff. It's so true. It doesn't matter if it's a car or a boat or a house. You buy a big, huge house, and you say, I can't even take care of this thing. I got to pay someone else to take care of it. Who's going to fix the roof? The boiler's going. This is this and that. And it's like, oh, oh, that's right. I got to go to church. Oh, I can't. I got to do something. I got to paint the house. 
I gotta fix the car. It changes the tires. She got, it take it consumes you. The devil gives you all that stuff to take you out of his kingdom and put you into the devil's kingdom. That's a trick. It's a trick. Now look what it says in verse fifteen. And they will pray, 14, deep affection because of overflowing grace. Thank God for this gift. Too wonderful for words, okay? I, I think I talk enough about It's the attitude that you want to do it, okay? I don't think I have to say any more about the gift of giving. You give it your time, right? People came in yesterday and they set up the tables. They did the things for the, the ministry. You come in a little bit early, you put the air on. Simple little things like that bring you more joy than anything else. It's the little things that fulfill us. You know that, man, you know attitude, well, what about me? Well, you've already been taken care of. You know, you've got to go to the cross. That's what the Bible says. What about me? You've got to get up there. And God's going to say, I'm going to live my life through you now. And I don't want to go up there. It's too painful. That's the fight we have before we get over to this side. Right? That fight of still wanting something here and bringing it here. God says, no, you can't take that there. So I'll let you stay here till you're ready to come. You want to stay here? Okay. But I want to bring it here. No. Nope. <laughs> I want to bring it here with me. Just a little bit. No. Nope. Here you are. You can stay right here. I am not going to reveal anything more to you. And you're not going to grow spiritually anymore until you let go of it. But I just want to bring a little bit over here. No. Nope. It's... Okay, Lord, I'm done. See? The next one comes, but what about this one? Nope. <laughs> but you're over here, though. You've already made some progress. See what I'm trying to say here? He got, you gave him one thing. Now there's something else he's after. Okay? Can I bring this? Nope. A little bit? Nope. So, you see what happens? It keeps you from growing. See, we don't realize what it does. Filling your need keeps you from growing spiritually. And the devil knows that. So when you finally give it up, you get here. You get to the next level. Wow, oh, that has no hold on me anymore. It's gone. See? Here comes the next thing. Can I bring that? Nope. But you don't go there. You say you're here now, though. See? You get it? Those are gone. Now you're going to know them, but you're here. You made progress. Remember Paul said you must hold on to the progress we already made? Yes. You already made progress. Rejoice in that. Well, can I take this? No. Nope. <laughs> A little bit? Oh. <laughs> and then as you grow more, the no's are more stronger. No. Because you know God knows you and you know Him okay. and He's sterner with you. No. You can't take that with you. You know better you can't take that. Just a little bit. No. Just like little kids. Can I get an amen? amen? I'm trying to be real here with you. But see, we hold on to the project. Maybe we let go of some... See, we rejoice in the stuff we already let go of. But he's, he keeps pruning us. He's got clippers. He's got the hedge trimmers out. Yeah. He takes, gets rid of that branch that doesn't produce anything. And then another new, uh, more fruit comes. See? 
But you can't go back there. See, what happens is, if you decide to go back here, all the way back here, now you're going to start all over again. And that's, God says, no, it's only hurting you. It's keeping you from getting, growing spiritually. That's why I'm trying to get rid of it for you. Doing you a favor, you don't see it. It's really, that's what's holding you back. Nothing else. It's the material world that holds us back. The flesh. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm trying to keep it so we can understand what he's doing in our lives, okay? See, when you start getting up the mountain, see, you get over here, and it gets a little bit harder because some of these things never really caused a problem in your life, okay? I'm really, it's not really causing a problem, Lord. Why can't I keep it? Because I'm telling you, it is causing a problem. You just don't see it yet. But Lord, please, no. You see, it gets a little bit harder because we want it. And then we get fighting and we get rebellious because, Lord, but this, I can't see the problem with this. I still want it. No, I know it's a problem. I can see over there. You can't. But it's going to bring you that relationship, that toy, that thing, whatever it is. You can't have it. It's not good for you. But I want it. No. I'm going to give you better wants. Let me change your desires. And that's what happens. You start losing your desire for it. Get it? Oh, good. I'm glad. That was hard, you know. Took some work right there to do that. But I'm giving you a simple analogy of how he crucifies us. And how we always want to take some of that with us. Remember um, the Egyptians when they died? Pharaoh, whatever. They took all the, put all the gold... And all the Jews, they thought they were going to take it with them in the afterlife. Well, they, they ended up crumbling up the tomb and taking the gold, right? And keeping it. It didn't go. They were gone, but the gold was still there. So you can't take the sin nature with you. And that's the process of elimination, so to speak, that he's doing in each and every believer's life. And it's up to the believer whether they want to let go of it or not. He never takes it away if you don't want to give it up. You see, when you're ready to give it up, then you get free of it, and you're here now. But you can't have both. You see, you want spiritual growth and fleshly growth. It doesn't work that way. The flesh has to die for the spirit to grow. You see, the wants of the flesh have to go for the spirit to grow. Did I explain that? All right, good, because we're out of time. We're out of time, so next time we get together... We'll read 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And um, thank you for letting me share that. We, I hope I got a little bit of an explanation of what he's doing in our lives, okay? Thank you. Brittany and Jasmine are going to come up and sing, and we are going to close.
Thank you. That's awesome. Hey, Drew, can you close us in prayer tonight? Uh, Drew's going to close us in prayer. Amen. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Drew. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Till we meet again. God bless. Yeah.